Ho, ho, ho. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. It is um, your host, Mar Samuel. And today we're joined by the one and only Victoria Coppin, a.k.a. Hello Fit Vic. Am I like your Christmas elf? (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Today, guys, we are literally, gosh, that sounds so bad, but we are recording a massive Christmas special. It's, it was meant to be like two episodes rolled into one, but it, basically we're answering all of your questions regarding fitness, health and nutrition as normal, but also focusing upon what you can eat for Christmas, what you can have during the holidays and how to exercise effectively, efficiently and quickly because no one wants to be at the gym on Boxing Day. Believe you me, I've been there. Vic's probably been there. It's horrid. But guys, once again, enjoy the episode, tune in and be prepared for a good laugh. All right. Bye bye. Hey, guys. Um, welcome back to the podcast. It's the Christmas special. It's the 18th of December, and guys, we're literally a week away from Christmas. I don't know how you guys feel. I don't know how Vic feels. She looks excited. She's moving around. I'm thrilled. Taking a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pleased, pleased by all the, all the other not all the non-exercise uh, <laughs> calories I'm getting. <laughs> I feel like it's damage limitation happening right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, all the all wrapping that's well, it's not really happening. I'm just sort of looking at stuff, expecting it to wrap itself at the minute, but it will be happening. Christmas shopping is honestly one of the best forms of low impact, steady state cardio <laughs> you could ever wish for. Because I'm sure you go around with a slightly elevated heart rate as well, just from the stressful. So I mean, it's not the ideal way to train. But I agree, it's like doing a massive farmer's walk around Oxford Street. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, and just trying to get like, you know, a couple of meters down the, uh, down the pavement takes more effort than usual. So I'm sure there are some, I'm sure there's some gains in there. <laughs> gains, I was about to say gains of pains, because at the end of the day, your bank account might take a massive hit. Yeah. But the smiles and those that you love will be also lit. We're having poetry today, I'm telling you. I know. <laughs> didn't even know it. <laughs> so, um, Vic, do you have any questions from your audience that you would like to have answered understandably had quite a lot of questions from clients actually um, in the last couple of weeks and we always kind of hit this point where you know normally get a couple of weeks out and you know going back historically years I would kind of really proactively go in with a plan um and now I don't I don't do that I haven't done that this year I actually kind of sat back and I thought do you know what? I want to see like these clients are quite quite far down the line now so they're not kind of coming at this new like most of them are probably only going to be with me for a couple of months in the new year yeah and then I'm going to be going oh my god shit I've got like an empty pool <laughs> I need to fill it nice. so if anybody wants one more coach go for it segue um <laughs> But yeah, you know, they're all doing extremely well. They've all sort of learned a lot along the way and they've all kind of cropped up at different times. But I've, you know, I've had people asking me how to manage, um, how to manage like family members while they're, you know, they want to kind of stay semi-focused on their goals. Um, You know, they don't want to just kind of go back several stages. Um, And, you know, I've got others who've got different, you know, sort of challenging scenarios. They're all quite individual places to be but I suppose they're, they're fairly representative of the kind of things people are going through so people are traveling around around a lot there are similar themes right people are traveling around a lot people are going to be eating stuff that's a bit outside their control or yeah. their comfort zone you know so all the kind of food plan food prep is basically not really going to be happening 
Um, like you say, exercise and training isn't going to be so. Basically, your routine is just messed up yes. for about a week, pretty much. Um, and I think for most people they struggle with that because they like they grow to really like the routine and the consistency, and they worry about what's going to happen when that's not there. Um, so I guess that's kind of a bit of a running theme. What about you? Um, from my end, it was more or less the same, especially with traveling over Christmas and mm. visiting family. So how to fit meals into various times or how to stick to like a set meal plan. Yeah. Um, and one thing that kept on popping up or propping up, sorry, was how do I get rid of all this fat that I'm going to accumulate and I'm going to gain over Christmas within the first two, three weeks of January. Now, for me, that's quite, I, I don't want to say it's a cliche because it is. But at the same time, it's nothing to fear immediately, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we can definitely delve into these. So, yeah. how would you tackle a person that, or how would you tackle your clients who have come to you saying, look, I'm being thrown out of sync with my routine. I don't know what's happening. Blah, 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 blah. How do you, Vic, the expert nutrition coach, <laughs> <laughs> respond to them and just be like, look, it's, it's um, going to be okay? So the thing that all my clients have got in common at the moment is they're all working on fat loss. So I've currently got no clients who are doing anything other than fat loss, basically. Um, and I suppose the, the most important thing is, for me, to not have them trying to diet over Christmas because, A, that's going to be extremely hard. It's yeah. going to make their life fairly miserable. Um, and so I, we tend to go in with a mindset of, like we work towards um we generally work towards like a diet break over christmas and you know i know my clients and the reason why i haven't said anything to any of them as individuals this year is because i feel like they've they've all been pushing quite hard and i've just been like right i'm just gonna wait until they get to the point where they're like oh i've just had a bit of a rubbish week and then we're gonna have the conversation about you know like well look christmas is coming up this is this is what we're going to do and like start to put a bit of a strategy in place but um yeah at the same time I've not wanted to kind of throw them off course you know they've been managing between them they've all been sort of managing all these social events you know they've got quite, quite good at juggling stuff now and they've had weeks where they've still managed to go out and socialize and it's not really hindered the progress awesome. they've certainly sort of maintained for you know a week or two so um so yeah it's been, it's been largely about like let's talk about how we you know where we put this diet break in place which has just kind of become a bit of a general rule for all of them um and I think immediately doing that gets people out of the mindset of right I'm gonna like I'm gonna cock this up and I'm gonna fail and I'm gonna end up putting on loads of weight the fact is they're probably gonna eat more than you know their sort of maintenance calories that is it's going to happen yeah already we've I've got them out of a mindset of thinking about progress 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 and I've just kind of like hit a pause button with them mentally and they're just now they're just kind of accepting that okay you know the very worst that's going to happen is I'm going to gain a couple of pounds the very best that's going to happen is I'm going to kind of hold you know hold the progress I've made yeah um and so just getting getting them out of the mentality of pushing hard pushing hard pushing hard for fat loss and saying look you know this is like this is a permissible period of time in the year to stop and have a break, stop trying to push so hard. And then when you come back in the new year, 
you know, you're going to have some extra energy in the tank. You're going to be fighting again in those sessions. You know, your body and your brain are going to have had just a bit of a break from, you know, being on restricted calories. And, you know, you'll come back and you'll be ready to train. You'll be ready to kind of throw everything back at it. And so hopefully they've all been sort of left with a feeling of having a plan and and now they kind of just need to go away and manage like the specifics of it of like you know how they how they get their meals and stuff but that's generally like a high level what tends to happen diet break is introduced yeah change of mindset shift in gear temporarily you know knocking out a fifth gear and down to like a third gear so let's just cruise along comfortably for the next couple of weeks and then you know we have another call in January. We, you know, we focus, we refocus on goals and, you know, it's, it's about not throwing a baby out of the bathwater, basically. I think it's important that you, you mentioned, um, the whole sort of diet break formula mm. and the fact of uh, it actually requires a change of mindset because a lot of us, including myself, will be like, oh crap, I need to be in shape all year round or I need to, uh, maintain my calorific intake all throughout like my Christmas party. Yeah. My personal Christmas party, I had, I don't want to think about how many calories I had. <laughs> and I, I know it's going to be the same for a lot of your clients and a lot of my clients. At the end of the day, change your mindset. Think about it in this way. You've prepared for a competition. Now you're deloading. Your next competition can start in January or it can start in February or March or whenever you want it to start, but it doesn't have to be something that's immediate. And I really liked that analogy. Oh my gosh, why can't I speak tonight? I really liked your analogy of changing down from like sixth gear to fifth gear. Just yeah. take a step back, evaluate where you are, but also enjoy yourself to the point where you're not stressing about calories, you're not stressing about nutrients, you're not stressing about, wait, I've got to eat this meal at 6 pm and then have a meal at 9 30 or 10 o'clock. Yeah. Flip's sake, it's Christmas, guys. <laughs> enjoy yeah. yourself, stock up on whatever you want, still eat measurably and still have a bit of a base, but don't go overboard with it. I think that's that sort of, like, it raises another interesting point because I noticed last year, you know, I was still reverse dieting back out of the show last last Christmas and I, I realised it's like, for some reason, Christmas really divides coaches yeah. and, you know, people into fitness and nutrition and at the end of the day, people individuals should just do what they want you know what do you feel most comfortable with doing if you really want the routine and you want to disrupt that routine as little as possible there are ways to do that it is possible yeah and um, if you're in that mindset and you just know it's gonna be better to stay in that i'd question whether you've got the best relationship with you know your body and food going on if if you if you're quite happy to eat at Tupperware and you've not got a step on stage, you know, in the new year, like there are times and places to have that mentality and that mindset. But I think at the end of the day, just pick a route that's right for you. Like if, if you want to go nuts and eat 4,000 calories a day, go for it. Like just own it, own it. And like know that if your ultimate goal is fat loss, that's not going to help you get there. But look at what you've achieved in this period of time. We just kind of kickstart that process again. Like nothing is permanent state. And, you know, this time of year it happens once. And it's not it's not a ticket to eat like a dickhead. No, but, not at all. But the fact is there are – the food availability at this time of year is, is great. The nutrient 
density of the food around this time of year is pretty poor. So you marry those two things together and you've got a recipe for people eating far more calories than, you know, than they ordinarily would. Um, But I think it's just, it's just about owning whatever you, whatever you do. If you decide you're going to have a really big social Christmas and you're, you're going to stop tracking everything and just switch off for a week or so, do it and own it. Like there is no shame in doing it, but equally if you're the person that, you want to kind of keep things, you want to hold the ship steady and there's a way of doing that and you're going to manage it by, you know, maybe fasting a bit during the day and then, you know, going crazy in the evening because that suits you to do that, then also do it. But I'm never going to say to somebody, oh, you need to manage your way through Christmas and you'll do that by fasting and blah, blah, blah. Like I'll give people general tips that is generally just reminders of, the kind of drills that we would use day in day out like try and still get protein in yes um because apart from turkey it is a fairly scarce <laughs> resource around christmas other than three cheese where you know, <laughs> if you're going to eat you know your sort of rough your daily protein allowance three cheese then you're going to be taking on a lot more calories than you're probably intending to but you know there's 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 mechanisms you can still employ and I will still make sure I'm getting enough protein in, but I don't think you'll ever have a problem getting enough protein. No, I mean, you know, there are always days where I'm, where I'm behind. I just don't, I just, I just don't give myself a hard time over it. And there will be days of a Christmas where it's not going to be around the volume that I would normally like to take in. Yeah. But yeah, I would, I, I would say you just have to pick a, an approach for you. And for people that are kind of, you know, new to calorie counting or it's the first time they've, you know, they've approached flexible dieting or whatever, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good kind of mental test for like where you're, where you're mentally at with the process you've been going through. It's a good test of your level of flexibility around food and your ability to use your knowledge to your advantage whether that is because you're deciding like well I don't really care it's going to be 5,000 calories whatever like fine is what it is or whether you're going to you know calorie cycle your way through Christmas one way or the other Um, um, or if it just means that the food that you put on your plate at a buffet is just comprised slightly differently because you've you've got a knowledge that you didn't have in previous Christmases then I think you've got to pick like little wins and just go for them I, I think that's that's quite important that um notion of having small wins that you work towards Mm. i'm currently working with a group at the moment and one of the ladies in the group was suggesting that she's not having enough or that she's eating too many calories per day and so when i asked her how much she was having she's suggested it's roughly around 900 to a thousand and she's trying to lose weight and yeah I've, i've been trying to or i have educated her on the benefits of eating more and also exercising more but for someone like that who's not willing or who doesn't necessarily understand at this stage why they need to eat more calories, how can you prevent that person from feeling that their Christmas is actually going to go to pot if they have more than what they expect or if they eat more than what they feel is necessary? It's a good question. I mean, I think, again, it comes back to that mentality that nothing is a fixed state, right? Your body weight. You'll get. I get people that come to me and they're like, I'm 806 consistently throughout the year and actually when you unstitch it you're like well do you weigh yourself every day like how do you know you're eight six? Well, every time i step on the scales i'm eight six. like well there's a lot of things at play they're obviously just good 
got a kind of a decent energy balance going on. You know, there could be a kind of body fat set point. There's just a point where their body is happy to just maintain homeostasis at. And but I think some people get you know really fixed to a notion that again, it's the attachment to scale weight is such a big thing. And I posted about it like earlier this week, and you know just just trying to get people to detach like scale weight. I still use scale weight with most with most clients, and we use it mindfully but we don't rest everything on it we don't make all our decisions based on it yeah um and i kind of coach them to understand that that's just your total body weight it's it will give us some indication of trends over time but you just need to gather enough data to make it even vaguely useful um and even then it still doesn't tell us everything so just you know do it but get into a different mindset about doing it and i think you know for people that are worried about putting on a bit of weight and losing it again you know, it's, nothing in this game is like un, undoable. That makes sense. Yeah. And I just think getting changing people's relationship with food and with their bodies for me is so much more powerful than somebody losing weight or gaining weight or you know achieving X goal. Like I think there's been such a seismic shift in the way I coach people that's just been more and more and more towards your mindset and your reasons for doing something and committing to it beyond you know the calories and everything else and that's always the more rewarding thing for me in in feedback in client check-ins is when you know yeah okay great they've like dropped a pound this week but what's the biggest success is that they went to a work christmas meal and you know they would normally have happily had their boss pouring them loads of grass glasses of prosecco but they decided to like stop at three and they were they felt really empowered by making that decision to do it and not just kind of being not bullied into drinking. You know what I mean? You peer pressure to, to, to drink. And a lot of my clients are now like, I'd rather eat those calories. So like, you know, three glasses, I'm done. And they feel more empowered to say, no, I'm okay. I don't want a starter or no, I'm okay. I don't want, you know, a whole entire bottle of Prosecco. And sorry, just go back to your original question. I love a tangent. I think it's, I think it's about like, getting people to overcome the fear of gaining weight almost like it's an inevitability there are times in our life where things take over and you need to reprioritize and perhaps socializing and being with your family and just eating the stuff you want this christmas is a higher priority than being concerned about your weight no definitely i have to agree on that have to agree um (laughs) (laughs) no I, i i just i'm with you because i think that there has been a change in the way in which coaches have seen Christmas and events like Thanksgiving or birthday parties, for example, work-related to do. Um, and it's been for the better, more towards what you discussed yeah. with your change in coaching style. Um, so that's the calories, calories, sorry, calories and calories out um, yeah. movement. However, and I say however, if someone... I'm trying. I'm trying to think of a scenario. If someone came to you and said, "Look, I've been trying to lose weight. It's Christmas time. I really want to lose weight in X amount of days. Let's say it's like ten days, twelve days, thirteen days. But Christmas is coming up. How do I do so?" My initial response would be to say no, or to turn that person away and say, "Look, it's not feasible for you, just based upon the circumstances that you are going to encounter." regardless of how well you tell me you're going to track and regardless of how well you tell me you're going to go for a run every day and <laughs> you're going to strength train four times a week what would your response be to that and, I, I, and i'm intrigued i'm so intrigued just to I know, I, 
aligned with you, like I would say, first of all, I would question why. Yeah. Why, like, why now? Like, is this is this about offsetting the damage that's potentially going to have happen over Christmas? So, are you looking to kind of try and drop seven pounds because you made them again fourteen over Christmas? Yeah. And again, I would argue that that person is in like probably at this stage is in like in a panic mode and that's not a good place to be to make that decision I think there are there are there are a select number of people that could very sensibly you know really dial things back for a few days know that it's not going to impact the training they, they know the threshold at which you know the lower calories they can get away with still train very efficiently yeah um, but I would say like most people in general population shouldn't even be entertaining starting something like that mm. again for the reasons we've um we've outlined you know food availability and you know control over food is very very difficult and those things are the things that generally make for somebody successfully you know losing fat um is, is their ability to influence their food availability and their control over food and I would I would just say to that person that you know tell me what your Christmas looks like tell me what's going to be happening over that period tell me what's happening in the run up to it yes and who's around you who are you going to be with mm. um, you know what what are you going to be able to do and I would just I would just strongly argue that you know trying to lose weight like this close to Christmas like yeah. maybe very early December you know you could have had a couple of weeks just just gaining the habits and learning how to, you know, maybe track and getting the habit of, you know, prepping some of your food, if that's what kind of suits you, whatever, yeah. um, you know, that might have set them up quite nicely for managing a festive period because they're already going in with a bit more sort of knowledge. But at this point, I would say if you want a coach to get you to lose seven pounds for Christmas Day, I'm not the right coach for you. Yeah. Good answer. <laughs> it's hard, but, you know, I think the temptation there is there to think, they're a ripe customer and actually I would I would argue and I have had this before where I've kind of told them that I think they're they're not undermining somebody's goals but really drilling down to why they why they think their goals are what they should be and quite often it's meant somebody going away and coming back at a later stage but you know I think as a coach you have to have the confidence to turn somebody away on the basis that they're not in the right place to start something with you and nine times out of ten, that person will come back. Yeah. Because they'll appreciate your honesty with them. Might frustrate them at the time. Oh, gosh, yeah. Because <laughs> um, so it's not the answer that they're looking for. But I think if you're, A, don't don't undermine somebody's goals. As ridiculous as we think it is, yeah. they obviously think it's a good idea for some reason. So I would never undermine somebody's goals. I would just chip away. I would just want to understand why. Why now? What's going on? Why have you suddenly got into this you know, this mindset and just keep tapping away to try and understand what and sometimes people arrive at the answer themselves and they go actually you're right it's a really bad time of year to try and do that because I've got this a couple of days and then I've got that and then this is going to be happening like oh yeah maybe this is just a bit a bit of a bad idea so actually just going through the process of engaging somebody with a conversation um but you know I think the worst thing a coach can do is say that's a ridiculous goal like yeah. no but I think there are ways of helping somebody to realize that their goal isn't necessarily the right one for now yeah i agree God, what is it what is it joshua says i don't know if i've said it on this but uh joshua says 
goals goals are dictated by um, what you're able to do, not what you want to do. Yes. And I think that is so true. Like so many people are like, I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. I can cut my calories back to like 30. I can live off 1,300 calories. Great, great, blah, blah, blah. Is that really the case? Mm. Like are you going to realistically be able to get to the gym five days? Because if you do a week and you only get to the gym – two or three times because that's actually what's realistic yeah. then you're going to get to the end of that week and think oh well this is shit this is not going to work is it and then just like you know fuck it all off <laughs> it's just it's just it just makes it harder for you if you set yourself up for you know start going to the gym three times actually maybe if you can get a fourth session and then great cool. then maybe if you've got time for five then you kind of build up to it rather than put it in place to start off with yeah no i agree that's what i've done with one of my um one of one of my clients, we started with going to the gym once a week, early, like early January this year. Then we started with we toyed around between like two to three times a week. Stuck with two times because it was suitable to her calendar and also to her working um commitment. And now she said, Look, well, one of the main goals for twenty nineteen, three times a week. And I will stick to it and then we'll progress to four or to five as as is necessary to meet my running commitments or my goals. That's what you do. You don't just sack it off or say to someone you need to be in the gym eight days a week one there's no such thing as eight days a week and i don't care if you're training <laughs> twice a day yeah. and secondly it's it's just not sustainable no you know? there are very few people that can go all out yeah and they tend to be the ones that are the ones that result in being very successful athletes and whatever it is they do but you know Sure, be inspired by that, but it doesn't mean you have to do that. Yeah. Just, just you know, you won't necessarily get that progress. But do you want that progress? Like, is that is that this what you really is, want? Like, like so, or do you just make some changes to like feel better in your body? Like, whatever. It, like, again, it's like why? Yeah. Why? Why do you want to look like that person? Why do you want to do it? Like, just taking people through that process is so key. And don't do it for the Instagram profile. No, uh, no. Unfortunately, that still seems to be happening. <laughs> um, last couple of questions. What is your favourite exercise to do over Christmas? Ooh. So I am a bit of an anomaly. I do still like going to the gym over Christmas, but I like it because it's quiet. Yeah. So obviously, not many people going into the weights area is pretty, pretty empty. Um, I because I tend to go home. Um, I go. I say home, like back to my parents, um, for the last couple of years, um, and I go back to like my old gym where it first, where it first ever happened. You know, first yeah. got on, on a squat rack, and um, you know, I kind of started off doing classes and stuff, and eventually managed to graduate back mm-hmm. out to the onto the weight area. I didn't have a clue what I was doing, but um, so yeah, I tend to like, and you know, you've got stuff like Paisley Gym now, where you can yeah. get. You can literally pick up a day pass for somewhere for like five or six quid sometimes. They've normally got really good offers on in December because nobody wants to go to the gym in December. Um, but, you know, that doesn't work for everybody. But I would say, like, don't don't feel guilty about going to the gym over Christmas if that's what you want to do. You want to maintain that as a minimum. Like, I go in with a mindset of, right, I've got quite a few extra calories. Like, I wonder, you know, how much stronger I'm going to feel through – the hundred mince pies I've just eaten <laughs> rather than rather than going in thinking oh my god I need to like undo what happened yesterday yeah like again it's a mindset shift of oh, okay well I've got a bit more energy in the tank this should be a good session rather than 
like got to undo that. That shouldn't have happened. You know, I'm going to have to stay in the gym an hour longer because I ate seven more mince pies than I should have done. Like that's a bad mindset to have. It's not. It's not. It's not conducive to your relationship with training no. or, or you know, body composition goals. So yeah, I'm. I, I do like the gym over Christmas. Um, but for most people, it's as simple as like your most people aren't at work you know unfortunately some people are and their routine remains pretty much the same and you know um like i just have to take my hat off to anybody who finds themselves having to you know people that work in emergency services yeah. just don't have the same christmas as the rest of us do and i have to with me really remind myself that it's a luxury even as somebody self-employed that doesn't get paid to take a break over christmas to yeah. have just be able to stop and have a break over christmas is an amazing thing and you know, use it to your advantage to do what you want to do, but just getting out for walks, um, mm. you know, just go out and do stuff and see stuff, you know, that will, that will keep you, that will keep you active. Um, but just take away the, the mindset of undoing the calories you've consumed by exercising hard. Like that's, that's not, nobody wants to be there. No, I think it sucks when, when you go into that mindset. So, so yeah. Thank um, you very so much. question back to you. And I'm just going to quickly say, because we used to be a runner, so I used to, like, you know, Christmas Day run was like the absolute Ooh. one for me. But <laughs> my knees and just such tatters every time I try and run. I don't know who knows. Might happen. You never know. Little 5K. I, I will text you on Christmas Bye. morning. Okay. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> but I'm dying. I'm your, your partner might kill me. <laughs> no, um, Faye actually. Faye doesn't really run ever, but she does. Always, I'm sure it's Christmas Day. She always goes out for a run Christmas Day, and she doesn't really run the rest of the year. So okay. <laughs> Bye year is like, like every two years. But by year we run. I love it. Yeah. What about you? Um, normally Christmas morning is a bit of a running time for me. I'm a bit ashamed to say. I try and get like a cheeky three k, which is nothing more than a mile. You know, yeah. Up my up and down my road, up and down road next to me up and down the road after that and then back just because i like to i know i'm gonna eat massively yeah i i can feel it like every every christmas morning around like eight ish i'm like damn i'm gonna have a massive set of meals today i'm talking about six whole chicken sizes even when i was veggie so i i just like to do it it's the yeah. roads are really quiet no one's out no exactly it's so That's great. Really about doing it. you know it's a good it's a good time to but out. I don't just for the audience but I don't run just to be like oh crap I need to burn off calories one I've been a runner since I've been eight years old so for me it's it's part of it's, what I do you do yeah and secondly it is so quiet and it's so nice just to get a peaceful run with no cars going mm. <laughs> you know and not not being on a treadmill is absolutely fantastic so yeah this this kind of leads me to ask you another question go for it which is that I know, I mean, I'm sure, fairly sure this happened to me. I am slightly ashamed to say, but I'm sure I was one of those people that was like, New Year, I'm going to start running yeah. because I can do that. It's like, you know, I don't need to join a gym. Uh, so, you know, I've got some trainers. I've basically got everything I need about my person. I'm yeah. going to start running. It's, it's, I think it's increasingly common for people to kind of choose that as an exercise of choice. Like, you know, three days into Christmas, you're feeling a bit huge and you know most of it's probably just extra water for all the extra carbs but yeah. you feel big because you're just like stodgy and you haven't moved around much and I think most people's response is oh, I'm gonna go out for a run I've never run for my life but I'm just gonna go out for a run like yeah. so how do you 
would you recommend people do that? Would you rec- how would you recommend they do it? Good question. Um, one, I would always recommend running, but not for everyone. Mm. So I would recommend starting off by walking. And I've had clients who've been really frustrated with me and actually tried to leave a program or have left the program. They said, look, Miles, this isn't working. I've been walking for two weeks straight. Then they'll come back in two months' time. But crap, my cardio has actually increased. And I haven't done any running. Because it, it allows you to set a foundation for your general fitness, in my opinion. Yeah. I found that running has also helped to improve my resistance training. Mm. I've just had more aerobic output to push. And I've found that it's also not dented my anaerobic capacity. So my ability to gain muscle, yes, I'm not massive, but I can still do it. But yeah. going back to the question, I would recommend running if you've if you've exercised within the last two, three years, you can run. Now, that's not going to be an issue for you. If you're someone who is mildly overweight, once again, that should not be an issue for you. Go to your doctor, however. Please do get yourself checked out. I recommend this to everyone. If you feel like you've got a condition or if you do have a condition like diabetes or something, get yourself checked out because you will need certain levels of blood sugar in order to keep up with whatever pace you're running at, whether it's like a five-minute mile, whether it's a 20-minute mile, yeah. you know, 20-minute five-mile. Um, but I think it's a very good foundation in order to try and start your fitness journey at. That's coming from a bias standpoint of me who loves to run. I know, well, this is why I ask you. <laughs> and that's also coming from a general perspective of what is it that I try and get clients started with first. So even yeah. if it's for warm-up, I'll either do a row machine. I'm giving away all my tips now. Um, the row machine, the running machine, or I would do, take them in like for a dynamic warm up. But once again, running is, is involved with miniature like five to ten second sprints, just to get that heart rate moving, just to get blood pumping around the body. What do you think about? I mean, uh, like you probably yeah. hate because it, it it negates your role as a coach in some respects. But like stuff like couch to five k, like I know it's quite popular. Mm. I think it's. I think I read something once that said it's like one of the most downloaded apps in January. It is. Something insane like that. It is. I, I actually don't have an issue with it. Um, mm. Yes, it cuts into my profits as a coach. I will never take away from that. But at the same time, because I'm such a massive fan of running, I see it as a blessing. Because yeah. um, I've, I've downloaded it in the past. I didn't find much use for it, but that's just because I've had lots of experience doing that sort of thing. But for some of my clients, they've actually downloaded it. They said, Mark, look, you know, they'll show me their progress or they'll send a screenshot via WhatsApp and be like, hey, I've run like three miles today and I'm, I'll reply like, awesome. Just because I think it's a good, it's such a good foundation and a good background. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can get events like Run Through. I'm doing a couple of them. When's the next one? I think it's tomorrow. I'm not attending that one because I've got football in the morning. But I'm attending a run from the 20th of January. So once again, guys, if any of you are going to be there, you shall see me at Finsbury Park. But you'll see thousands, thousands and hundreds of runners there who have never run a day in their life. But the running community right now is so strong and so welcoming and so passionate that anyone can join. And yeah. that there's different and varying levels for all abilities. Um, you might find some people at the top of the pack. Who are absolute... Sorry, that's my phone. Um, you might find people at the top of the pack who are absolute douchebags. Cool. But you also find some... Bear with me. I don't know what is going on. Go away. Sorry, one second. But you also find people at the 
top of the pack who are absolutely amazing, who are willing yeah. to track back with other runners who are struggling or other runners who they might not have seen at meets before or at events before and start again, you know? Yeah. And then as you progress to more difficult races or more challenging events or even just like general jogs, I can walk down my road, do a nice warm up, and I can guarantee you I'll bump into at least like two friendly runners. And you just nod at each other as you run past. You're like, yeah, cool, man. Cool. Awesome. Doing it, <laughs> you know, like because it's it's that sort of unified um, yeah. community. It's it's similar to being in a gym, but within a gym, I feel there's a little bit more ego. Yeah, I more. think it's much more like competition, like oh, what they doing. Yeah. Whereas for a runner, like you pass each other, you've no idea, like none. Somebody's been out, what their pace is. Like it's it's nice because you don't get that visibility of like what somebody's doing and yeah. you know with their fart leg training or they're just out for a casual jog like it just doesn't matter no it's just like i'm out here you're out here that's cool we're like <laughs> whereas in the gym it's like oh how many plates has he got oh like it's, oh, only four it plates is, bro like do five like, yeah. come on <laughs> do you even look bro <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah that's my that's my long-winded answer in in short running is amazing to anyone that's listening um yeah, I, I can't recommend it enough. Do try and start with something very, very simple, such as like a mile walk, then build yourself up slowly. If you need more help, go to Amazon. There's a book called Your First Mile, written by myself. Download it. It's very cheap. It's like two quid. It will give you a nice basis to start your running program and your running journey. And yeah, nice shameless plug what right there. <laughs> people can loved ones for Christmas. What's that? <laughs> what a nice present that people can yeah. buy for loved ones. Christmas. <laughs> well, it's on Kindle. It's two pounds twenty-five or two pounds fifty-five. Um, very short ebook, but it it's something I wrote with that person in mind that you just described. How do yeah. you get started? It is literally a beginner's guide to running, and yeah, it's it's a passion. Version two will be out soon, called Your Second Mile, but we shall see when it happens in the new year. Please. I mean, that wasn't even. I wasn't even like leading yeah. to. to but it just kind of came out in the <laughs> I do think it's a great Christmas present idea for anybody who's like knows somebody who's considering. I'm sure you can buy an Amazon voucher or something and try and post it, share oh, yeah. the link tonight. Um, no, definitely. Uh, so well, what else have you got? I, I think one of the main one of the main questions I got was how do I be a vegan at Christmas or how can I be a vegan at Christmas? And Having been a vegan at Christmas, having previously come from a meat background before, I know it can be quite challenging. I know it can be very, very difficult if it's your first Christmas whilst being a vegan. Um, because the, the turkey or the chicken or the lamb or the beef is there on the table, you're staring at it literally or it's staring at you, depending upon which side you <laughs> you come from. And you might feel that you're slightly limited in your food choices. However... Find some tofu. Find a nice way of making your food appealing to you, whether you're dressing it up on the plate in a different way, whether you're styling it, like how it's styled in the shops, or with, um, there's this really good vegan food source. I can't remember what it's called. Like, Wicked Food? Satan? No, no. Satan. Oh. <laughs> no, um... It's like, um, it's not spelt like Satan as in the devil. Oh, gosh. I was about to say, like... It's like kind of, Tofu-y type, of, but oh. it, I think it's I think it's slightly more like meat in its like, consistency. I think I've never had it. 
Justin, Justin, we're not advocating say something on the podcast. Yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't. But, but, um, um, yeah, whether it's something like that or whether it's wicked foods, you know, like with their massively overpriced sandwiches for like five, yeah. <laughs> or um, hex sausages, which I think they have a veggie version now of their chicken sausages. Yeah. Find an alternative that works for you. Um, or if you don't like an alternative, try and make your fruit and veg appeal. So I know there's certain ways in which you can make jackfruit um, very, very tasty. I had this massive jackfruit burger from a place up in Shoreditch by my workplace. It cost the absolute earth. <laughs> yeah. But it was absolutely amazing. And it showed what you can do with the ingredients that you have. And for ingredients, or sorry, awful people with um, varying Eastern habits and choices yeah. and styles. So, so yeah, just be creative, guys. It's not impossible. I would say that you might need to be, you might need to think more out of a box than usual because it's not your typical uh, roast chicken, um, two bits of Brussels sprouts and, you know, uh, a Yorkshire pudding, for example. Yeah. But you can have a fantastic, fantastic Christmas whilst being vegan. I think, I think, that's, and I think, God, I mean, like, it, it's, there's never been an easier time yeah. to make to make a choice to be vegetarian or vegan. Like, the availability of that food now and pre-prepared stuff is just phenomenal. I think, you know, when I think to when I, I was veggie for a really long time and, you know, when I started out as a vegetarian, like, 20 years ago nearly, oh, wow. um, you know, the food that was out there, there was already, you know, it wasn't bad. There was already stuff like corn and, you know, Linda McCartney had been knocking around for years. But it just kind of came to a point where it was really limited. But the fact that you can walk down, like, a, the chiller aisle now and there's so much food that's ready to be picked up that's, um, you know, that's ve- both vegan and vegetarian friendly, it just means that things like Christmas aren't impossible. I think it does raise that, you know, what I had... Um, you know, someone who, one of my clients is uh, heading home to the other side of the world for like four weeks. And she, one of the things that she was really concerned about is, you know, how, like, I, you know, I'm not going to be like in a calorie deficit. I know I'm not going to be like achieving fat loss, but I still want to be kind of mindful about what I'm eating. And mm. I might, I don't think my family are going to understand. And we just had a really long chat about like managing people's expectations and just explaining like, what it is you're trying to do and why you're trying to do it and why you don't necessarily want to take a great big step backwards from what you've achieved and 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 actually like what that what that means to other people because you know like food is such a social currency around christmas you know it's a big whether you're going to auntie's house for a buffet or you know it's your mum like laying on the amazing spread for for christmas lunch like food becomes like part of your transactions over christmas and i think people around you it's kind of better to like give them a bit of an idea of like my mum quite quite likes to know like say you know what are you eating at the minute and mm. she doesn't really mean it exactly like that but like sometimes I'm like oh just literally anything you put in front of me I'll eat all of it or yeah. sometimes I'll be like oh okay so I'm probably not gonna have this and maybe I won't have that but I'll have this and this instead and she's like okay fine like I think just don't be afraid of having the conversation and you know you just also need to know like when to pick your battles over the you know the choices you're going to make and take people on the journey with you like explain to them why you're doing you know why you've chosen to go vegan and why it's important to you or why 
you know, why you do still want to keep some control over what you're eating at Christmas and why. And um, I think it saves all the kind of shame and secrecy of like choosing, opting into a particular lifestyle. Yeah. I think just this what goes back to my original point, whatever you choose, own it. Yeah. I, I, I can't agree more. Um, I think it does go back to that first question, which we were speaking about. You've got to own your process. Mm. Whether that is having no process at all, honestly, yeah. like whether it's you just being like, bun it, I'm going to chill, I'm going to, I'm not going to track, I'm going to look at Netflix all day with a pack of donuts in my, in my hand and a couple of super malts for me, but beers for other people and like in the other, do it. Just be focused yeah. upon what your goal is. And when you come back to training, be ready to hit the ground running at whatever pace that might be. Yeah, exactly. I think that's also um, something that came up in my mind when you were talking about running. Yes. And I, my advice on a sort of nutrition side would be for somebody starting to run to not try and do everything at once. Yeah. Um, so don't, you know, don't just suddenly pair all your calories back and then try and learn to run at the same time because I guarantee within a week you're just going to feel like you're on death's door because you're just it's just going to be it's an assault on your body and you need you need certain nutrients right you know if you just suddenly cut out carbohydrates and then try and do something where your body's got a consistent demand on energy like it's just a recipe for something not going particularly well and people will think oh I tried that you know I tried like bringing my calories down I tried running it didn't work I felt like crap after a week no shit so I think um you know don't have the temptation to just suddenly starve yourself and and run everywhere because you know it's that's going to be very very short-lived but you know maybe pay your calories back a bit you'll find a kind of a good a good balance but your body needs the energy to be able to do the things you're asking it to do so you know just suddenly taking that all away is just it's never a good idea yeah. Epic advice as usual. Epic advice <laughs> as usual. Put the world's right over Christmas. Basically, just do whatever you want. <laughs> Literally, guys, all the time from about the 21st up until about the 31st. Give it your best in whatever thing that is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Think about a process, yeah. own it, whatever it is. Even if that's owning going halfway through Christmas period. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'm just gonna do it this way because it suits me better. Yeah. Um, just own it. Own it at all stages, and just remember that you know, life is like more than just one week of the year, and whatever happens in that week is not really as important as what happens in the rest of your in the rest of your life. Yeah. Six. Yeah. So so so. Anything else? I don't think so. I feel like it's quite a poignant note to be on. Well, and Merry Christmas, everybody. I feel like I should make the Queen's speech now. It's been a, it's been a great year <laughs> for nutrition coaching. Everybody's finally understanding calories in, calories out. <laughs> oh, I, I think, just, just to end, I think it's been a very good year for nutrition coaching. We've, mm. we've seen the industry move and I was, don't get me wrong, I was part of this from the whole reposting and sharing um, nutritional memes and nutritional like, gifts and, and graphs to actually taking ownership of their food. Yeah. Um, through like registered sports dietitians, nutrition coaches, nutritionists who actually care 
Um, not just trying to peddle you some fad diet yeah. or diet plan. Not yeah. putting any names out there before Christmas. We're trying to be good. But, <laughs> guys, it's been a wonderful year. Um, we started this podcast with the aim of actually improving people's health and nutrition. And we've taken on guests such as Vic, Daniel, Stacey, um, just to name a few. I can't remember who else we've had on the podcast. Andrew, going back to early this year. And the podcast is just going to get bigger and better. And we aim to have and bring the best quality content to you. Whether it's rambling, whether it's 10-minute bursts, whether it's full-hour sections with Vic and myself on a weekly basis, your first mile is the place to be. So have a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year, guys. Bye from me. Bye from me. Christmas! <laughs> 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 Merry Christmas, guys, and see you Put soon. Put down, no joking. <laughs> <laughs> <Just save> for Instagram. <laughs> see you guys. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>